Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Porras from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live today in August of 2014 and you have a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press the number one, a little hand will come up that says you have a question. We also have a live chat room right in the show page where you can feel free to join in and, and talk and ask questions there. My guest tonight is Leslie Adato, who is here to talk about her new guide to the great rooftops of New York City, aptly called the Roof Explorer's Guide, 101 New York City Rooftops. This complete guide showcases a dazzling array of surprising rooftop escapes in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and the Bronx, from hotel rooftop bars and restaurants to elevated parks to museums, theaters, green roofs, and elevated farms. The Roof Explorer's Guide even features rooftop classes, entertainment, and sports. So you could find out about this book and even pick up a copy at theroofexplorersguide.com, and it's also on Amazon. Leslie Adato, are you with me? Hey, Andrew, I'm here. How are you? I'm great. So glad to have you uh, up here on, on the roof of uh, my radio station. <laughs> I wish I were on the roof. It's a little wet outside tonight for that, though. And that's, I'm going to maintain that we are on the roof uh, having a radio show in, in, okay. in, in your honor. Okay. So um, before we start, I was thinking, of, like, what great roof joke could I tell you? I have a couple in my mind. So I'll, I'll tell one joke now, and if I think of it, maybe I'll, I'll do another one later. I, I felt like I had to tell a roof joke. Are, right. are you okay with that? I, uh, I don't know if I've heard a roof joke lately. This will okay. be refreshing. Great. Well, okay, so um, there's this um, a, a fellow who has a, has a dog, and he's a talking dog, and he goes into this bar, and he says, hey, I got a talking dog here, and in fact, I'll prove it to you if you, if you let me have a drink in exchange for me showing off my, my talking dog. And the bartender says, get out of here. So he doesn't think it's a talking dog. No, I'll prove it to you. And, and he says to his dog, okay, uh, who's the, the greatest Yankee of all time? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> who's the, who's the, what's the, uh, what, what do you call that thing on, on, top, of a, on top of a building? Roof. <laughs> oh, now, now the bartender's going, come on, I'm going to throw you guys out of here. He goes, no, I, I'm, I'm telling you. And, you know, and he he uh, says, well, what's, what, what's, what do you call a material that's like, not very soft? <laughs> and get out. He throws the guy out of the bar with his dog, and he, he's outside the bar. He says to his dog, oh, I can't believe we, we, we blew that again. Roof. And the, the dog looks up and says, what, I should have said DiMaggio? Okay, that's my that's my okay, roof joke for today. I, I I was supposed to actually say the uh, the uh, the Babe Ruth ver- uh, that was the last part, but I'm not a joke teller. But just for you, came up with a roof joke. Okay, so let's talk about your kind of roofs. 
how did you come to be a New York City rooftop uh, maven? Well, I spent four years poking around, the last four years poking around and asking and getting invited to, oh, probably hundreds of roofs in New York City. Um, hmm. I <laughs> New York's an amazing place. It's one of, it's, there's so much opportunity here. If you ask so often, people say, sure, let's. Let's do it. And what I was asking about um, starting in July of 2010 when I moved here was access to rooftops. And Mm. um, it's incredible how many places I've been to that are are really hard to get to. But my book is not about those places. My book is about public access rooftops that Mm. anybody can get to. So that's, um, that's the unique thing about this book is... It's Roof Explorer's Guide because I'm not the only roof explorer out there. Anybody who buys this book can be a roof explorer. So, so let me ask you this then. So any book, any page in this book I turn to and there's a roof, are you saying that that is open to anyone or are there limitations on any of these? Um, the answer to those questions, both of them, is yes. They're They're open to... Anybody. Well, in some cases, you have to be over 21 for certain bars or, you know, there's certain limitations like that. But they're open to the public. But um, in some of the cases, you do need to make special arrangements in advance or buy a tour or um, something like that. And all those details are in the sidebars and in the text of the book. Okay, yeah, because I'm just opening, I'm going to open the book at random. Okay, okay. Page. So let's just open the book at random. And let's see, where am I? For Nino, the, the oh. art and science of pizza. Okay, so you're in section two. What, which roof number is that? Which 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 what roof, number? It, it has a oh, number. number. Oh, roof 45. number 45. That's number 45 out of 101. Okay, yes. And these are not, by the way, I didn't realize people would think this. There's so many lists out there these days that rank things. This mm-hmm. book is not ranking these roofs. That's not the numbers that are on them. They're, they're listed geographically. Ah, so roof okay. number one starts at the bottom of Manhattan and moves up. Um, and so each section starts with the bottom of Manhattan and moves up and then out into the boroughs. And so they are not ranked. Number four, Nino is not my 45th favorite roof. Mm. <laughs> it just happens to be 45 out of 101 geographic. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, oh, I love Fornino. Oh, I can tell your listeners an amazing tip about Fornino. Tell us. Um, well, first of all, they're, the... The non-roof Fornino is a you know brick-and-mortar pizza store in Brooklyn and fabulous. But the one I'm talking about is at Brooklyn Bridge Park on Pier 6, mm-hmm. which, which is roof number 45 in the book. And they had, um, you know, the, the fireworks for the Macy's July 4th have been moved back to the East River. Mm-hmm. And the barges for the fireworks are right in front of Pier 6 where Fornino, the art and science of pizza, is located. And they had a wonderful party this year. They did charge admission, 
but um, they limited the number of guests so it wasn't crowded, and they had front row views of the fireworks from Fornino. And assuming the, the fireworks are staying at East River next July 4th, $75, you got food, you got, I think, Maybe you got some drinks with that, mm. and you got a front row view of the fireworks right there. So that's pretty darn good pizza, that too. Is, oh, it sounds okay. sounds so delicious. Definitely open to the public. Um, that one's there all summer long. It's not there during; they're not open during the winter, but it's mm-hmm. a great rooftop, and it's a lot of fun during the day because you're right next to the volleyball court, mm-hmm. and you get to look down at all the kids and they're, you know, bouncing around in their bathing suits and playing volleyball and it's it's just it's a great place. And of course you have the view straight across the East River to the financial district of Manhattan right. and beautiful daytime, nighttime but especially sunset place to be. No, uh, there are uh, by the way, are there any of the roofs like I see some of them are hotel roofs. Uh do people generally have a, a, an easy time getting into those? It depends. Um, some places do the whole velvet rope door, you know, doorman thing, and you got to kind of dress up and. But you have to be like a hotel guest in. or a member or something. But, yeah. You know, there there are ones that are very C and B themed places. The um, right. Labane has Labane at the Standard Hotel in the Meatpacking District often has a line. Not during the day. They they have pretty long hours. I've been there when there's absolutely no line. You just go straight up. But if you want to go on Saturday night at midnight, I'd say you're probably going to be waiting at street level for a little while before you get up there. Right. Um, the Gansport Park is like that. It's you know it's actually really worth the wait. So it's so beautiful up there, and they've got this great top pool with um, a mosaic of a pinup girl. On the bottom of it, it's really neat. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's that's the Gansevoort Park in the Flatiron District on Park Avenue. Um, you know, there's some of them, but then there's other places that they can't even imagine the idea of a, uh, a velvet rope. Like the, there's places that locals hang out. The um, Rogers Hotel has Henry's Bar, mm-hmm. and there's there's no velvet rope there. It's just, you know, it's really lovely. Um, the Heights Bar and Grill up at Columbia University, very college student local kind of place. Of course, that's not a hotel. You were asking about hotels. Well, um, I was not so much hotels, but I was just curious if any of these places require you to have been, you know, a customer, a member, a guest. A, um, well, I, I don't think I included any of those places. There are rooftops that... You know, there's a lot of rooftops that are not in this book because they're not what I would consider public access. You do have gotcha. to be a member. Like the Soho House, they've got a beautiful rooftop pool in the Meatpacking District. And you need to be a guest staying there or a friend of a guest to go there. So that one didn't make the cut because that's not public enough for my, uh, you know, my bar. Okay. Um, so the yeah, cut so- is... To get in this book, you have to be available to the, to the general public. You have to be available one way or another. There, there's, there's a sports club in the sports and entertainment section mm-hmm. um, that you can, you, you know, you they want you to be a member, but you can buy a day pass. 
Ah. Uh, so I considered that rooftop public access because they readily sell day passes, whereas the Soho house doesn't readily do that. You really have to be a guest there to, you know, to get on that roof. So it's a little bit of an arbitrary line, but I thought if you could get in relatively easily for a reasonable amount of money, then it was it was public access. Was the, the um, was the sports club one the one on 86th Street by any chance? No, it's out in Long Island City, Queens, and it's got uh, a great view um, across into the into Manhattan. It's the City View Racket Club. The tenant is not on the roof, but they have this beautiful deck on the roof. In fact, they're revamping it now. They might be adding a pool up there. I'm waiting to hear what's going on with that. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a wonderful... People go up there and have a drink and hang out with their friends after they play tennis or play squash. Well, I used to belong to the New York Sports Club, and they have a location at 86th Street with a, with a rooftop. Aha. Aha. That sounds really nice. I was told also, I can't say I've been there, but I was told that the Reebok Club in around Lincoln Center has a rooftop running track, which wow. sounds great. So that's probably one of those places you can get a day pass to. I don't know for sure, though. I haven't done my homework on that. I just heard about it recently. But it seems so you, like it would be a lot more fun to run outside than inside when the weather is good. I would good. think so. Now you, so you have a, uh, some places that are so like, f- uh, disparate between there and one place to another. So you have, on the one hand, a place like the Bryant Park Grill, and on the other hand, or, or the Waldorf Astoria, which must be very high-end. High and then I'm thinking you have the Riverbank State Park, which is uh, near me, and I am imagining a very. I, I haven't been to it other than uh, I've been inside haven't? the. Pl- I haven't been to the. I, yeah, I, I maybe years ago when it first opened, I was. I think oh, I went I to the running to track for some event, but they don't like bikes yeah. there, so I never go in. Yeah, yeah. I I see people take their bikes and they just kind of you know hope they don't run into a security person, but that's true. They do want you to walk your bike and if you take it in there. Which that should um, be illegal. That should be like a, a, a federal offense. <laughs> to make my you opinion. walk your bike. <laughs> Making you walk your bike should be a federal offense. Punishable by tell walking. I people what Riverbank State Park is because it's really the mind-bogglingly cool. It's so, it's so incredible. And unless people, um, it's really, it's the largest Rooftop I know about, mm-hmm. certainly the largest in New York City, um, and one of the most interesting and so often overlooked. Um, <clears throat> Riverbank State Park is a 28-acre rooftop that's built on top of a sewage <coughs> treatment facility plant in Harlem along the Hudson River. Yeah. It goes from 138th Street to 145th Street, I believe, So, and it's just massive. Um, They've got a pool that, on, first of all, you do not smell the sewage treatment plant when you're up there. I've been there dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of times. I used to swim in the pool there every week until I started writing this book, and I just no longer had time to travel up to Harlem to swim anymore. But this is a 50-meter pool, an indoor 50-meter, beautifully maintained pool that I used to swim in every week for three bucks. <laughs> it's just, wow. The bargain of the century, a heated, maintained, fabulous pool. And to be able to do a 50-meter um, lap is, you know, it's just, it's, it's really, for somebody who loves 
and it's, it's just great. So um, they also have an outdoor 25-yard standard pool that's open during summer. They have an ice skating rink that's open all winter, mm-hmm. and it's really inexpensive to skate there. Um, they've got a running track that you were just talking about, and they just redid it in the last year or two. It's beautiful. They have tennis courts, basketball courts. They have a carousel. They have a restaurant. They have a theater, an indoor theater. Wow. Um, It goes on and on. They've got classes there. You can learn everything from chess to belly dancing to how to play guitar. It's a huge community for the neighborhood. It's amazing. And, you know, it's really because Harlem did not want a sewage treatment plant built in their neighborhood, and Mm -hmm. they negotiated to get this giant, park um, in exchange for putting up with having a sewage treatment plant. And Mm. it's really, really well. Oh, you know what else they have on top there that's amazing is a community garden. So this is a rooftop community garden, and it's so popular they have to do a lottery for it. It's very, very difficult. Well, you just have to be very lucky um, to get a plot in that community garden. There's Mm. a waiting list every year. But you, so you, you look at that whole place as as the rooftop. Is that what what I'm hearing? It is. If if you're on the bike path, which I know you've been on many times, yeah, pass path, uh, every single day. Hudson River. Yeah. yeah. So when you're about 125th Street, if you look north, so you're looking mm-hmm. another 10, 12 blocks or so, you see the building that's the sewage treatment facility plant, and it's very clear that it's a rooftop. It's just the flat top of the building, mm. and it's just a massive building. Like I said, it's 28 acres up there. So when you're on it, you don't have that feeling of being on a rooftop because there's trees and park benches and, like I said, a carousel and all sorts of Well, is there, any, is there a rooftop on the rooftop? <laughs> um, I guess there is the, the ice-covered thing, a metal mm-hmm. thing. The pool um, is an indoor pool, so there's a rooftop there, but... I don't know what's on that rooftop. Um, and there's a the facilities building that has the the, um, the theater and classrooms and administrative offices, too. And the restaurant has a roof, I guess, but I don't know what's on those rooftops. So those are rooftops built on top of rooftops. Very clever of you to notice that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like things on top of other things. It's like the Russian dolls, I guess. <laughs> That's right. The nested dolls. I mean, ne- nested rooftops. Uh, that'll be uh, yeah. your your next book. Yeah, but but it is pretty. It's um it's really worth visiting, and they have so much on offer up there. And it, it you know it's just it's open to the public, of course, and uh, it's used mostly by people in the neighborhood. Though it's kind of one of those open secrets. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I. I knew a little bit about it, but uh, you're telling me all these things that I never know. Yeah, it's great. I used to go there. I'd get there a little before 7 in the morning, and the sun would be coming up over the river. It was just the most delightful walk-in from Broadway and 138th Mm. Street across the bridge. Um, And to see people out there, all the neighborhood people out there running or walking on the track early in the morning, enjoying the nice, cool morning time and and I'd go take my swim, and it's just, I really miss that. I just, like I said, when I started working on the book, there went my time, my travel time, and I started right. swimming closer to home at 
Chelsea. <laughs> so much closer. So this book, um, you started uh, how long ago? For, like how long was the idea? Like I think I need to do a book about this. Oh, that's um, – <laughs> I came up with the idea to do a book about rooftops before I moved to New York City. So it was really just a concept in my imagination. I, you know, mm-hmm. I visited New York, and I knew I wanted to move here, but um, I, I hadn't lived here, and I hadn't been on the rooftops. It was just uh, – I was looking for a project to do when I came here. I was looking for something that I could – really get into mm-hmm. and really be passionate about because I wanted to be like a New Yorker and New Yorkers always have projects they're passionate about. Right. So uh, I listened to lots of things and one of them was rooftops because I was always fascinated, always looking up and wondering what it looked like from up there looking down. Uh, I always wanted to have that perspective. And when I was poking around on Google like everybody else does, poking around looking for books on rooftops in New York City, this is five years ago, there was nothing, not mm. a single book at that point had been written on rooftops in New York City. Um, there was a, a book that had some rooftops in it by Marianne Poole that was done in the 80s, and it turns out there's a book that says it's about New York City rooftops that's actually really beautiful by Laura Rosen that was written in 1982. But that's, that book is really just about the um, architectural detail on the tops of buildings. So it's not really about right. going to rooftops, but it's about all the beautiful architecture. It's, it's a fabulous photography book, but it's, it's very different from what I was looking for. So um, when I'm you know, thinking, this, this is amazing. This is how can you find something in New York that hasn't been done 10 times over? I'd better yeah. do it. <laughs> so I, I decided I was going to write a, a, a book, and it started out as, the concept really started out as take, taking people visually to which they couldn't go to by them, you know, on their own. So mm-hmm. going, I went to a lot of private roofs when I started this project, mm-hmm. a lot of private penthouse roofs, um, sometimes corporate roofs. Uh, for example, I was on top of Silver Cup Studios. They've got a green roof up there, believe it wow. or not, up where the sign is, um, the famous sign. Um, I was on top of Con Edison. They've got a fabulous green roof up there. They're very eco-conscious. And they're actually doing all sorts of they have lots of science going on up there. They're doing a lot of quantitative measuring about how the green roof, whether it keeps the, the building cooler. and what, They're doing all sorts of cool science stuff and gathering data there so they know what's really most effective for green roofs. I was on a lot of places. The Morgan Mail Processing Center in Manhattan has a fantastic mm. green roof. Uh, but these are all roofs that are very hard to get on and you need to have a really great appointment setter like I did uh, <laughs> to, oh. to get on these roofs. Uh, Michelle Brick helped me with that. You know Michelle. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she could get me on anywhere. She is amazing. Michelle is incredible. But that is not the book that I ended up wanting to write. I um I realized what I wanted is for people to have the same thrill, the same joy, the same pleasure mm-hmm. that I have going on New York City rooftops. And I didn't want to just take them there visually with pictures. I wanted them to be able to go to the same roofs I was going to and have that same thrill. So that's how it turned into Roof Explorer's Guide 
and that it's all about public access routes. Yeah, and this is like when I look at uh, at any one of these things, the little sidebars, you say, has all the details. It even has what subway trains go there, the phone number, the hours, uh, when it's open. Uh, so it's not just um, a little list. This is actually a very detailed book with beautiful pictures. Thank you. Yes, we've got um, 226 pages of color photos, and yet there are yeah, the sidebars. People, it's so funny. I put all this information in the sidebars about, like you just said, the hours and all the mm-hmm. details. And the thing that people always comment on are the subway stops. People love the subway stops. And well, that's so, very... Because yeah, I always put in the nearest subway stops. Well, so, that's an, 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 if you're a New Yorker, uh, as opposed to a, a Sandy Diegoan, <laughs> you're a New Yorker, you know from subway stops, you know. Uh, you know unless you're one of these people who uh, you know, have, a, have a chauffeur, and, and even Bloomberg, when he was the mayor, he took the subway. So you know from subway stops, you know, like you think in terms of, of course, you and I, Leslie, we know how to get places by bicycle, but everybody else yeah. in New York is strictly <laughs> subway. Although okay, well, there's, there are a lot of people joining there. us on bicycles these days. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's growing, but, but it's no, still that, a small percentage. Stop. Right. The, people love that, though. It's funny, and maybe because the colors pop out, because, you know, the subway or it's familiar, um, or because, well, New Yorkers love their subway. I love the New York City subway, too. I just happen to um, find that usually I'm running late, and getting someplace on the bicycle is often so much faster, and I hate to be late. So it just it gets me where I want to go quickly. Um, I, I live in the part of the West Village that it's not far from the subway, but it's not close. Right. Uh, you know, it's at least six, eight-minute walk, whatever, to the closest subway. And in eight minutes on my bike, I can be halfway across the island. You know? So, so I think it's really more just out of convenience that um, that that I bike everywhere. But it really is a very bike-friendly book too, because you can see more routes in in a shorter period of time if you're on a bike than if you're on subway or on foot. Hey, actually, or, the, the 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 one that I had went I, that I had opened up earlier, the Fornino. What does it say for best way to get there? Bicycle. Bicycle. Well, it is. Yeah, Brooklyn Bridge Park is one of those places that's not really, really easily accessible by 10, 12-minute walk. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's, you know, it's really nice to bike there, and it's so beautiful. But you can definitely get there with a the subway and a comfortable pair of shoes, too. So I want to answer a little bit about the, um, the the publishing aspect, and then I want to take a few questions because there are a whole bunch of people who have um, called in and have pressed the, the magic button that says they have a question. I have one, two, three, four callers who have questions, and I have a couple more who don't have questions. So, okay. uh, which is kind of yeah, it means you just you, know, you can also just listen, and that's fine. But let's. Um, so you this is, is this is a self-published book. Yes, this is a self-published book. I I did that out of fear, basically. Yeah. I like I just said before, I, there were no books on on rooftop New York City rooftop mm-hmm. five years ago, or actually even four years ago when I moved here. There still were none. Right now, there my book is I think number five or six. That many books have been published in a short period of time about New York City rooftops. Now, mine is the only guide to public access rooftops, 
but Rizzoli did one on private rooftops, like my original concept, the sort of coffee table book mm-hmm. they made a private yes. rooftop. Um, there's a European company that did a mix <clears throat> of private rooftops and, and sort of corporate rooftops, like it has the channel gardens at Rockefeller Center, not public access, unfortunately, even though they were built that way in the 30s, mm-hmm. they, they are not currently public access. But um, So it's, you know, it's a mix. Um, and then Brooklyn Botanic Garden put out a gorgeous little paperback book on how to build a roof, a green roof, and they have a lot of New York City rooftops in that one. So there's a few things like that. Someone did a fellowship, and they got a, a little kind of paper book printed that has something to do with New York City rooftops. So, and then my book came out. And I was so afraid because I've talked to a lot of people over the last four years uh-huh. and I thought this is such a great idea and I want to make sure I'm the one who gets to do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole process of looking for an agent and a publisher, you know, I, I probably could have found one, but it takes so long and the publishing industry is so kind of um, afraid of small projects like this right now because the industry mm-hmm. is going through so many changes. They don't sure. really know you know, everything is changing with self-publishing. And so it just, I thought it would just take too long and I didn't have the patience and so I just said, okay, let's just do this. We'll self-publish and see how it goes. And um, actually it's been going so much better than I ever expected. It's really, really mind-boggling. I, I, the problem with not having a publisher is distribution. You don't have the, the distribution. Right. But... Just and do you also week. have you also have to uh, front the funds, don't you? Yeah, that that part I, I had to do. I needed to pay for the printing and the shipping. Everything mm-hmm. else, I have to say, I am the world's luckiest person. Um, my two fabulous photographers, Ari Burling and Heather Shimon, did all the work for for this book um, on a voluntary basis, which is incredible. I mean. We were out wow. there sometimes in the rain and freezing and in the heat. And <laughs> I mean, these people, it's incredible what people will do for a beer, you know. Right. <laughs> just wonderful because they love the project. They really sure. love the project. And then my two art directors, um, a wonderful married couple, it's Arlene Bender and Bob Aisi. They, well, Arlene is the one who... Um, took on the project and I think she roped in Bob <laughs> and uh-huh. Bob really now loves the project too. In fact, he's very busy making videos for me and he's got all sorts of ideas to, to take Ruth Explorer's Guide and expand it into even more, you know, all sorts of explorers. So um, I'm just very, very lucky. I have these incredibly talented people who love the project and and stepped up and volunteered. So, so really, what I ended up paying for is the printing, the shipping, things like the ISBN number, and mm-hmm. turning it into an ebook. That that costs a bunch of money because there's because it's such a the book full of art. It's full of photographs and color. Yeah. So it, but but the book is available on Kindle. It's available for Android devices and Apple devices. So that's great for that kind of stuff. But um, but. The, the big miracle is that I do actually have distribution, which is the big thing I thought I would never have. Um, I was invited to be a vendor with Baker & Taylor, one of the two large distributors of books in the country, maybe in the world, I don't know, but certainly in the U.S. Um, 
and that's that's really incredible. So as soon as they get some purchase orders to me, I've got people waiting to buy books, and I'm mm-hmm. waiting for the purchase orders, and I'll ship them books. And then really, right now, any bookstore anywhere in the world could order this book. And that's the thing I never thought I'd have, but I do have. So it's, it's really, uh, like I said, it's just beyond my wildest dreams. Well, that's point. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's all <laughs> it's all just a very lucky thing. I um I I approached uh this lovely woman who runs the gift store at the Empire State Building a couple I don't know, whenever a, mm-hmm. a month ago or so and I asked her if she'd show the book she did doesn't do the buying, but I asked her if she'd show the book to her boss. And I guess she actually did it. And he called Baker and Taylor and said, I want Ruth Explorer's guide. And next thing you know, here I was invited to be a vendor at Baker and Taylor, which just, after I got that phone call, I could hardly breathe. I was so excited. It was just a really, really big thing. So very soon, the Empire State Building, which has... And that's certainly, by the way, the, uh, the ultimate here. rooftop in New York, don't you think? That's, oh, it's, it's definitely, it's the highest up one right now. <laughs> well, right now, <laughs> yes. Right now, we've got World Trade Center coming online fairly soon, but right now it's the highest. Uh, it's 86 floors up. It's, it's so incredibly iconic, and it's got 3.6 million visitors a year, so an average of 10,000 people a day goes through there. It's open until 2 in the morning. I had no idea until I started researching this book that, that it was open. You could go there in the middle of the night. Really? By the way, did you ever get to uh, the World Trade Center? Uh, I on a visit. <laughs> um, I did. I re- I'm very very fortunate that I did, and it actually wasn't my choice. It was many years ago. My very first trip to New York City. Oh my God, it must have been twenty five years ago or so now. Um, yes, I. Uh, I came. I was married then, and I came with my husband. We were we were just stopping in New York City for a day, really, mm-hmm. literally just a day, on our way to England to visit his family. And we only had a day. And which, what should we do? And I said Empire State Building, and he said World Trade Center. And we ended up going to the World Trade Center. I have to say, I'm very grateful to him for that to this day, because otherwise, I never would have been there. And so, I. Um, I, I am very, I feel very fortunate that I got to do that. Nice. I have yeah. a question from the uh, chat room, which oh. uh, uh, Bob from the chat room has a question I had in my mind also. So great minds think alike. Are you planning on writing about other cities? Well, um, as you were saying before, this book is self-published, and I've kind of tapped out my... <laughs> <laughs> my savings account on this one right, at the moment. Right, right, sure. But let's say this book does really well, or let's say a publisher sees it and thinks, ah, oh, that would be fantastic. I want to get Leslie to, to turn this into a series of books on rooftops in major urban cities, um, major metropolitan cities. Mm. I absolutely would love to do that. I, I really always visualize this as an international series, New York, London, Paris, Tokyo, and uh, Sydney. Nice. But 
it'd be really fun to do other American cities too. I might have to combine a couple of cities to get 101. So we might mm-hmm. do something like the West Coast or the Midwest, Chicago and you know, St. Louis, that kind of thing, or um, the Southeast. You know, we could do something like that as well. But it seems like the natural next city would be London. They've got a lot of interesting groups and a lot of really? adaptive reuse going on there. The woman who is one of my photographers, Heather Shimon, a whole master's degree on adaptive reuse, and her special thing she did it on was London rooftop. So that's how we got together um, and how she was so interested in the book. So she's kind of the London roof lady while mm. I'm a you know, New York roof explorer. And um, we would love to go over there and have an opportunity to, to do Roof Explorer's Guide 101 London Rooftop. So, wow. That was a great okay. question. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome, says Bob, I'm sure. Okay, let's take a caller from the chat room. And uh, so we had some people here. Here's somebody who's been on the phone for the longest time. So let's take somebody from the 818 area code. I'm about to put you on the line. Hello, do you have a question for Leslie? 818 Hello. area code. Well, we you... lose them? Hello? Nope, I guess we... Uh, you know, put this. Let's go to Isn't the next 818 one. Is the Valley in L.A.? Isn't that Los Angeles? Yeah, I have a, a couple. Oh, okay, calls. let's try. Uh, LA. Let's try. Uh, let's see. Uh, New Jersey is in the house. Two hundred one area code. Two hundred one area code. Hello. Is that me? Am I on? Yes, you are. Oh, thank you for taking my call. <laughs> First, I'm amazed. Uh, I live in New Jersey. I'm amazed that the. I never thought of that park in Harlem as a rooftop. I'm there all the t- a lot, not all the time, but a lot. And it is a rooftop, of course, and I just never thought of it until listening to the program tonight. But it's a great place to go, and now I know I've been to rooftops. But my question is, uh, does it have to be open air to qualify, or is like the Marriott Marquis has a revolving restaurant on the roof? It's not open air, though. It's enclosed. Is that right. considered? The Marriott Marquis, I thought about putting that one in the book, and it's a really fun place to go. I love the concept of the revolving restaurant and the view from Times Square all over the city. Right. Um, I, you know what? I have to think. I think, every, I think everything in the book has open air. I yeah. considered that one. I really, really looked at it, but, um, I, you know, it's funny. With 101, you'd think I'd have a hard time getting to 101, but not New York City. <laughs> no, There's of course not. <laughs> so many places so that I couldn't include. Yeah. And so because it, it didn't have an outdoor area, I right. chose to, um, to not include that. Right. And okay. it is a lot of fun to go there. And they have one of those brunches. If you need 10,000 calories for one meal, that's right. a place to go. So. <laughs> and another quick question. Uh, are there enough farms or gardens that are open to the public by just walking in, or those require prior uh, calling ahead and reservations, I would assume, right? As far as um, the, garden, the garden ones, not the bars, of course. Yeah. The, you know, the, well, it's, the book tells you the details. There, there's a lot okay. of variation on that. Um, yeah. And there's, there's one that's not in the book that's open every Sunday that's up in the Upper West Side Lotus Garden, uh-huh. Community Garden. I think that's open Sunday afternoons. River... River Park has that's the one that's in the three thousand milk crates, twelve inch by twelve inch milk crates. Oh. You can always go over to East Twenty Ninth Street and look over the low fence and look into the farm. 
but uh-huh. the actual farm tour, I think they do a couple of days a week where they I take see. you in and around right. and talk to you right. about how they do what they do. Right. Um, <clears throat> Eagle Street has certain hours. Um, the, the one on top of the, the uh, Navy Yard, the uh-huh. Brooklyn Grange is in, in, in the Navy Yard. That one, they're getting tougher and tougher. That used to be a little more open, and now I think they've just got a one day a week where you can visit. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And I guess so there are six the book months out tells of you all those yeah. details in the sidebars. So okay. Those are probably, so many. Yeah, right. And I guess they run like six months out of the year as far as the garden ones, right? Probably, you know. Well, not. yeah, the, the Chef's Garden, for example, on top of the Crosby Hotel, one of my absolute, oh, I mean, there's so many. I love all of them, but... The Crosby Hotel is a very special place to me. I, I adore uh-huh. that place. And I've got a gorgeous chef's garden on the roof. And that's really not open to the public unless you ask. Uh-huh. Um, but the chef's garden has to be planted, and that's, so that's probably from about May to October. Okay. And they're very, very nice there. So right. we've even got chickens up on that roof. Oh, cool. <laughs> chickens that lay blue eggs. What? Did you say Blue. <laughs> Wow. Blue eggs. Yeah, they're South American gorgeous chickens, and oh uh, they lay blue eggs. Wow. But the yolks are still yellow, I assume. <laughs> I believe the inside of the egg looks pretty much like an egg, but the outside is, is kind of baby oh, cool. blue. Yeah. Right, well, congratulations for, uh, much, congratulations to a much-needed book, and I'm going to call Amazon tomorrow and order one. Thanks. Yes, yeah, also at Barnes & Noble, too, barnesandnoble.com, and all the New York stores. Cool. Thanks so much. Great. Um, let's, we're going to go to another caller. We have, let's see, another uh, uh, one from uh, 619. Uh, let's go to 619. Okay. Uh, let's see. 619, you're live. Hi there. Hi. I was wondering, knowing how persnickety restaurateurs could be, if you had any owners who did not want to be included in your book, and if you know why? Yes. Wow. Great question. <laughs> um, persnickety, huh? Well, in this case, it's not persnickety. They're really super nice, but um, there's a restaurant in my neighborhood in the West Village on West 10th Street that I can highly recommend. I've been there a number of times. called Bell Book and Candle. And it's actually in a kind of a townhouse. It's in the basement. So the restaurant is downstairs. But on top of the sixth floor, they have a hydroponic roof farm. Everything is hydroponic. There's no soil. It's all done with water and nutrients. It's really incredible. They grow basil and berries and tomatoes and all kinds of herbs. It's it's really fantastic. And they used to take people up there. But you're going up past all sorts of apartments. It's on the sixth floor of a a residential building. Um, And the neighbors finally got a little bit fed up with this. So they had to make that uh, no longer public access. So it's not that they were persnickety. They loved having people up there and showing off what they were doing. It's just that they were trying to be good neighbors and not have people walking past private homes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I don't really run into persnickety. Usually when somebody goes to the trouble to put a garden on their roof, whether it's a private home or a restaurant, they want to show it off. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot of work to get things up there. 
and to, to maintain it and take care of it. And people people love to show it up. I, I also run a meetup group um, of New York roof gardeners. And so that's how I can say that with confidence because these are people who have these beautiful private rooftop gardens and they invite people through meetup to come to come see them because they want to share all these all these gorgeous things and share the experience. So um Anyways, thank you for the question. That was a great one. Yeah, great question, and thanks for uh, thank uh, the word persnickety, which is uh, a, that that alone was worth uh, taking the call. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for answering my questions, and good luck with the book. Thank you. Okay, Bye. let's see. We have one more caller. Let's see, 858. 858, you're on the line. Hi, I'm, uh, I left New York 25 years ago to move to San Diego. My name is Henry, and um, I'm blown away by the sheer volume, the sheer number of roofs. I, my exposure to roofs in New York was basically Tar Beach. And my question is, and Leslie's alluded to it over the last few minutes, I wanted to know if you had to struggle to hit 101 rooftops or if you really had to struggle to pare down the number to 101. Well, Henry, that's a great question. Um, I had to do both. In terms of restaurants or bars, places that will serve food or drink on a rooftop or a setback, an open terrace, I had to struggle to get the number down because I didn't want the book to be just about bars and restaurants. I want It has a significant number of them and it's got a great variety of them, but... Um, my personal list of places that will serve you food or drink in the five boroughs on a rooftop or a setback is that is right now at 140, and <laughs> and wow. I, I have 48 of them in the book. So um, so I had to be very particular there. But in terms of the other sections, elevated parks, rooftop farms, rooftop sports and entertainment, museums with rooftops. That one, you know, I, I really had to search because there are a lot of them out there, kind of the hidden, tucked away ones and little more obvious ones, but, but um, there aren't that many that I could say, oh, I've got too many elevated parks. There's never too many elevated parks. <laughs> you know, we're so lucky to have the ones that we have. And, uh, of course, the, the most famous one being the High Line, which is the, the biggest elevated park in the world. But um, but no, that, those I really was grateful for every last one of them, every last green roof and every last elevated park and every last museum, everything that that's in the book. Well, thank you very much for this eye opener. Somebody gave me this book as a gift about two weeks ago, and I'm traveling back to New York in October, November to visit family. But some of that time is going to be spent checking out the roofs. And I thank you very much. Excellent, great, have fun. Thanks, Henry. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that was uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool question. Yeah, so, um, I want to hear what is coming up for you um, in the world of, in the world of roofs. <laughs> oh, I have to say, I'm so disappointed tonight because it rained. We've been having such amazing weather here in New York City lately, um, but tonight it rained. Our our great weather kind of stopped right when I was invited to an incredible roof um, in my neighborhood for the Charles 
Street Neighborhood Association party. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed because I wanted to go. But in terms of um, other rooftops, we've got a meetup group. Actually, I have two meetup groups that have to do with roofs. One I talked about before, the, the roof deck and, and uh, roof gardeners meetup group. Mm-hmm. And we just had an incredible Cobble Hill experience last weekend um, on Gordon Hawkins' roof. This man grows tropical plants on his roof, and he has a fountain that has smoke coming out of it. And it's just the most beautiful, interesting roof you can imagine. It's, it's actually hard to imagine until you, until you go there. Um, and we've got more rooftop meetups coming up for the roof garden group. And that's, it's a very democratic thing. Meetup, anybody can join. If you're in New York City, um, just type in rooftop gardens and it, our meetup will pop up. We're the only one. Um, and there are lots uh, I have of a list here there. of a few things, Leslie, that I want to make sure that we mention uh, in terms of okay. things that are coming up. I have here, let's see, you have Open House New York Tours on October 11th and 12th. Yes, I'll, yes, I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be part of Open House New York, and I'm doing um, a tour of public access roofs in downtown. We're going to be doing a walking tour. It's pretty long, about uh, 1.6 miles, and we'll be going to at least three public access roofs. There might be an extra one in there. We have to see if it's still open in October and waiting to hear. So that and will be a lot of fun. Um, those will be um, four, at 4 o'clock on October 11th and 12th, Saturday and Sunday. And um, that will be in the Open House New York guide when that comes out the weekend before. It's always in Time Out New York. And stuff. So, yeah, join us. That will be great. And let's see, you have New York Public Library Talks. I do. You do. <laughs> I've been invited to to speak at the main circulating branch, the Mid-Manhattan Library branch, on Tuesday, uh, September 2nd, the day after Labor Day weekend. That's at 6.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to be tons of fun because the two photographers, Heather and Ari, will be there. The two art directors, Arlene and Bob, will be there. So you've got everybody who made this book happen. The whole cast. Um, The whole cast will be there. And Bob is helping me put together a slideshow so we can show you some pictures from the book, some of the rooftops, and I'll be telling some stories about um, rooftops. Um, For example, we're going to be right there. We won't be in the main library that everybody knows with the lions, but we'll be right across the street from it. Right. So we'll be across the street from Bryant Park, and I'll be telling people, well, you're getting a preview here, be telling people that Bryant Park is actually a green roof. Even though it's at street level, below Bryant Park is, it's a, I really have a hard time even believing this, but it's true. Um, below Bryant Park's lawn, and that whole area is 40 miles of shelf space for the New York Public Library. Wow. So if that's all built, that's all green roof technology. It's pretty amazing. Um, after that talk, also the Bookmarks Hotel, which is in the book, at the uh, Bookmarks, I'm sorry, it's the Bookmarks Lounge at the Library Hotel. It's ah. on Madison Avenue right behind the library. Uh, they're going to be making a special cocktail for us that night called the Roof Explorer, and they're going to sell it at a discounted $10, which for a rooftop bar is a bargain. 
so after the talk, we're going to head over to Bookmark's Lounge on the rooftop and, and have a Ruth Explorer cocktail. So if you're in New York City on September 2nd, come to the talk at 6.30. We'll head over to Bookmark's Lounge about 7.30. And um, so we'll get to talk about roofs, and then we'll get to be on a roof, which will be a lot of fun. Now you have, this is, there's something coming up that just sounds so funny, uh, upcoming bike roof tours. Uh, which would be uh, very, you know, I guess you ride from one roof, you fall (laughs) off, you ride in the street, you ride up the building. How does that work? Yeah, we're not going to be riding on any roof, but we'll be riding from roof to roof. Yes, I did this a long time ago with um, another meetup group called Bike to Adventure. We did a roof tour, but this that was a very different one. That one we started up in Harlem at Riverbank State Park because I wanted everybody to see that it is a roof. And then we actually had a tour of the roof by the um, by the ranger up there. And then we came down to the west side and went to several places, Lincoln Center, the High Line. We were eventually supposed to go across the bridge and go into Brooklyn and have a drink at Berry Park, uh, which is a lovely roof bar out there. Mm-hmm. But the weather got in the way. You've got to be very careful with weather when you're a roof explorer. You've got to, be, got to roll with it. So, <laughs> um, but, but what I'm doing, what we'll probably be doing, Heather and I, Heather the photographer and I will probably be doing this uh, together. We'll probably stick with the downtown uh, into Williamsburg route where we go to the Elevated Acre, which is a public access rooftop park done by mm-hmm. Ken Smith Landscape Architect, one of my absolute favorite uh, landscape architects out there. Right. And we'll go over to another one of his creations, Pier 15, um, which is just below South Street Seaport. And then if it's the right time of day, when it's open, we'll go to the Lower East Side Ecology Center and climb up the little spiral staircase to their incredible green roof. Um, it's it's a... It's one of those green roofs that acts like a sponge. It's, mm. it's there to absorb rainwater, basically, to, to reduce rain stormwater runoff. Um, but what's incredible about it is, first of all, the view across the East River. It's right along the river. And also, historically, that exact spot in the river has been playing a role in New York history way before New York was New York. The Indians used to use that particular little crook in the East River Bend because it was, it was a safe spot to pull your canoe over, you know, in a very rapid river. It's, it's kind of it's this little elbow in the river, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's got tons of history. George Washington was protected there in the Battle of Brooklyn. It's just all sorts of cool stuff that's happened at that exact spot. Then we're going to go over to Williamsburg and get some lunch at Smorgasbord and go to a another elevated green roof there at Bushwick Inlet Park, and, and if people want to have a drink at one of the Williamsburg rooftop bars, we'll take them there. So nice. we've got a bike tour. We'll do this all by bike, and um, if people don't have a bike, we're going to start at Waterfront Bike Shop mm-hmm. on the west side, and they do rentals, and they're a wonderful neighborhood place that we like to support. And uh, for those uh, who uh, who are not in New York, which is uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of audience here who is not in New York, uh, you will be in San Diego in November at, uh, at a book fair. 
Will you not? I will. I'm I'm going to be um, one of the authors. I'm very, very excited about this, actually. In my hometown, I'm going to be an author at the San Diego Jewish Book Fair at the La Jolla JCC on Sunday, November 16th, I believe, at 9 mm-hmm. in the morning, and there will be bagels and coffee. Um, More importantly, will there be a fiddler on the rooftop? <laughs> I haven't arranged for that yet. We'll have to see if we can work that out. That's what you should have. That's the second largest Jewish book fair in the country. Um, It's got tons tons and tons of people show up for it, and it's it's really such an honor to be able to uh, speak and show my slides and see people at that. I am really, really thrilled. Yeah, that's definitely something. So, yeah, I've got a busy September, October. Oh, I'm also doing another New York Public Library talk October, Wednesday, October 8th at the Jefferson Market Library, um, and and then, of course, the Open House New York Tours, and then November brings the San Diego talk. So it's, it's a busy couple of months. Very, very exciting. Okay. Well, guess what? We're just about out of time here on Coach's Corner. I really want to thank you, Leslie, for coming on my show and telling everybody about rooftops and uh, with your Roof Explorer's Guide, which is a beautiful, wonderful book that anyone who's in New York, coming to New York, visiting New York, if you're, especially if you're coming and it's not the winter, <laughs> you ought to have this book. And, uh, and there are winter rooftops. There are definitely, don't, don't think you can't see rooftops in the winter. Columbia University has one of my favorite rooftop ah. activities. Um, whenever school's in session, every other Friday night, they have a lecture in the basement, and then you get to go up to the roof of Poopin Hall, which is the physics building, and it's about 15 stories up, and they have an amazing telescope up there, and the students help you, they focus it. And when I was up there, I got to see Saturn. It was fabulous. Mm. Um, nice. Yeah, so these things go on all year. Don't think you can't risk explore 12 months a year because you can. Okay. In, oh, 12 months a year, you can be up on the roof. <laughs> up on the roof. That's right. <laughs> so uh, tell everyone again where they can find your book. Oh, my gosh. You can find it lots of places now, and it's more all the time. You can find it at, find it at barnesandnoble.com, Barnes & Noble in the New York area. You can find it. And Amazon.com, it's an ebook. You can find it for your Apple device, your Google device, your Kindle device. Um, lots of, you can find it at Chelsea Market Baskets. You can find it at Three Lives and Company. You can find it at um, up <laughs> in Bronxville, believe it or not. They've, they're carrying it at the wonderful uh, bookstore up in Bronxville. Um, you can find it at Teich in the West Village. You can find and it the at website, Leslie, is? is roofexplorersguide.com. You can find okay. it on my roofexplorersguide.com website, okay. too. So, uh, again, thank you for being on the show. Everyone, t- check out that, that book. And uh, there will also be links on my page here, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for listening. We will be back soon here on Blog Talk Radio. And as always, great to have you here. Good night. <laughs>